T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Mike show and the Bulldog. How many bees is a swarm? It's two a swarm or three, whatever. How many does it have to be? And I feel like seven. It's Mike Shope. How many, how many times do you have to be stung to have been swarmed? And I was like, dude, I got swarmed. I got stung only once, but I was swarmed. And the bulldog. You insist you were swarmed. There were bees, man, like plural, big, lots of S's. Lots of E's and S's. Bees. <laughs> that, was, that was not bees. fun. Bees. <laughs> right. That was not fun. On WGR. Hey, man, that kind of hurt. Sports Radio 550. Thanks for hanging with us on this Wednesday. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope is on vacation this week. Sal Capaccio in the co-hosting chair alongside me today. And we are happy to welcome back to the show, back to the station, from the Locked On Bills podcast and the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast, Joe Marino at the Joe Marino on Twitter. Joe, it's Chris and Sal in Buffalo. How you doing, man? Good to talk to you again. Hey guys, I'm doing well. Hope you are, and uh, you know it's good to be back on with you guys. Fun time of the year, right? <laughs> yeah, I, you know I do love this time of year. Uh, team building across the NFL is like one of my favorite parts of what keeps me really dialed into the league and getting to see all the roster transactions that are coming. That's that's really fun, but. What's different from the Bills' perspective is this is no longer the fun time, right? The fun time's actually the season. Now we got to have hard conversations about how the Bills can uh, can stay one of the best teams in the league. Right, and they are challenged. I don't want to say for the first time in this in this Super Bowl window that they entered when Josh Allen emerged as an MVP caliber quarterback for them in the 2020 season. Uh, certainly, every off season has its challenges, but. With the salary cap situation they're in, with the contracts they've got on the books for Allen and Diggs and Von Miller, um, you know, and the free agent list they have of their own, let alone what they need to add to the roster, um, it feels like a, a brand new challenge for Brandon Bean. Yeah, a little bit of a tease for last off season where it was kind of a preview to some of the challenges that were going to happen this year. And I thought Brandon Bean navigated that pretty well last year with some timely contract extensions that actually freed up some cap space, thinking about a guy like Ed Oliver. There should be some chances to do that 
this offseason, there's guys like Deion Dawkins and Taron Johnson and Rasul Douglas's guys that they can extend to create some cap space. I think we're all aware of, you know, they can do one swipe in Josh Allen's contract as a base salary restructure to free up $23 million. So definitely have to pull some levers and do some roster gymnastics. But, you know, another list of 20-plus unrestricted free agents. Uh, but Dean does have 10 draft picks, and he did such a good job with, I think, with the bargain bin free agents last year, whether it was you know, Leonard Floyd or you know, Connor McGovern was a great acquisition, Taylor Rapp, Trent Shurfield. Now, those weren't overly impact players, but for mm-hmm. less than $2 million a year, they got a lot of snaps out of those guys. And so it'll be a similar task ahead for Bean this time around. Well, if, if you if you want to indulge us, we spent the first hour of the show, Sal and I did, going over the Bills' own free agents. We'll get to the draft uh, as we go here. I mean, we, we are limited on time to an extent here. Uh, but I, I said to me, to, to Sal and to our audience in the first hour, Joe, my, my biggest priority is seeing if I can find a way to keep Daquan Jones uh, on this team. Uh, of their free agents, uh, would you agree with that, or do you have someone else in mind that, that you feel like might be more important for them to try to hang on to? No, I'd agree with you. I think if there's one uh, that you'd want to bring back, it's Daquan Jones. And it's a little bit challenging because he's an older player, and you feel like on one hand you'd love to see this team prioritize getting younger and cheaper, but Daquan Jones feels like the right type of veteran to bring back, just given the dynamics of the defensive line of the defense in general, there's just going to be so much turnover. We already know with the coaching staff, literally Joe Dana is the only coach on the defensive staff that's back in the same role that they were last year. So you have so much turnover there. Uh, in addition to, you know, expecting some, some personnel turnover, and you'd like to have some of that D line back. And right now your only defensive tackle under contract for next year that was also on the team the previous year was Ed Oliver. Then, of course, Elianku won a futures deal, but they got to fill out that rotation with a, a lot of vacated snaps potentially. And Daquan Jones is a veteran who's, uh, you know, from uh, from the area. You feel like he'd love to finish out his career there. And you know, he was on such a great pace to start the year. It was very unfortunate to see him go down with that pec injury. And I thought he came back and looked really solid. You maybe hope for more against Kansas City in the – playoff elimination game but if there is a, a a free agent that i would prioritize getting back to me it is daquan jones and the difference joe between jones and the rest of the group as you say you have to replenish the other guys are kind of guys you can find if it's not that guy it's probably a reasonable facsimile of that guy right if that makes sense if you don't bring back shaq lawson at defensive end you're probably getting a guy like shaq lawson at a veteran minimum if you don't bring back jordan phillips the guy like jordan phillips at a veteran minimum. You can fill those guys out. <clears throat> it's a little trickier with a guy like Daquan, who is putting up good numbers and can penetrate. You can do those things. So I think it's important to have that one extra guy because the rest of them are just guys who kind of have filled that same role, whether it's Mario Addison and, you know, Quentin Jefferson or anybody else they've kind of mm-hmm. had in that role. They seem to find those guys. Yeah, and I think the impact from Daquan Jones is, is greater than a lot of those players that you just mentioned. And one of my favorite parts of watching the 2023 Bills was seeing the evolution of Oliver and Jones playing off of each other. And you could just tell there was some natural chemistry there as they try to execute some twists and stunts and play off of each other. And then, of course, there's the dynamics of, you know, stable one-tech play and how that's been helpful for the Bills linebackers, whether it was, you know, Daquan Jones coming in last year and seeing how that was a benefit to Tremaine Edmonds, who clearly had his best season. Uh, his last year with the Bills, or, of course, Terrell Bernard this year and, and what he showed as a playmaker. And then just generally speaking, 
the Bills, I, for as good as and dynamic as Milano and Bernard are, they're smaller linebackers. And so I think having those players up front that's going to do their 111th, if you will, maintain their run fits and you know keep that second level operating and able to run and chase to the football with as little amounts of contact that they have to deal with as possible is really, really important. And, you know, the Bills aren't a team that goes out and gets these big 350-pound, can't-move space eaters, right? They want one techs that have some athleticism that can, you know, obviously take on contact and keep the second level free, but have that penetration skill as well. And, you know, Daquan Jones is such a nice fit for that, and I'm not sure he'd be an easy guy to replace, especially, you know, calling upon someone to come in right away and play that many snaps alongside Ed Oliver. That's a big part of why I would prioritize him. I mean, it all depends on what his market is and certainly what he wants to do uh, plays a part in this too. But Joe, like, you know, they're so at a loss for guys on the defensive line going into this off season. And the draft, of course, is a place to, to try to address that too. And I'm, I'm pretty hot and bothered. I, I'm, I'm with the morning guys on the wide receiver train uh, idea here. I was last year and I definitely am this year. And so for me, Jones, I know they'll have to find these other guys like Sal's alluding to, right? Someone like Jordan Phillips or Tim Settle. And maybe, you know, you can do that later on in free agency once the smoke kind of clears. I feel like getting Jones back gets your, your number one at his spot back next at Oliver and maybe decreases the urgency to invest a day one or day two pick in defensive tackle. Yeah, well, and that doesn't quite take care of the concerns at defensive end. But if you do no, right. go ahead and bring back Daquan Jones and you have him to go with Ed Oliver, I think you are in a position where that's much more of a relaxed need going into the, the early portions of the draft where you probably still want to get some cost control talent in the mix at some point at defensive tackle on a rookie deal. But, yeah, Jones and Oliver back really – like we just mentioned there, kind of takes the pressure off there, and you can kind of focus in on, all right, what's happening at wide receiver? Is there a player that fits at 28, or is there a defensive end that uh, can fit the bill? Because that's a problem, too, where it's just uh, Rousseau, Von Miller, Kingsley, Jonathan, you're, you're returning players under contract, and Leonard Floyd and uh, A.J. Epinesa both, you know, set mm-hmm. to test the waters here. So you're going to need bodies that can play, and that's either going to come in the form of new contracts for players that were there, or you got to find some new players altogether. All right, Joe, before we get to the draft and some of those new players you talk about, which I'm excited to hear some of your breakdowns of these guys and how they fit. Real quick, also on the free agency side, I told Bulldog, first of all, I want you to know, Joe, you are talking to the uh, leader of the Cam Lewis fan club in the Buffalo media here, okay? I, I love this. I love Cam Lewis for what he does. I just think he's versatile. He's He's been in this league six years, undrafted free agent, local guy, UB, obviously, and just he's the backup nickel corner. He fills in at safety. He's going to be a free agent. And it's a very, very questionable safety position with Hyde and Poyer in them. And then there's Dane Jackson, who I think has been here four years or whatever it is now. And, you know, I think three, four years. He, he does a lot of things that kind of stabilize you when you have other positions. So how important would those guys be to try to keep as well for you? Yeah, I, I definitely see those guys as important and potentially not very expensive players to bring That's back. That's right. That's the good you, news, you know, the, right? Exactly. Well, and the, and the Bills' corner depth has just been stressed tremendously over the last three years, and they're in pretty good shape. I mean, if you look at it and say Rasul Douglas and Christian Benford, that's a really good pair, and then Kyer Elam as the second youngest player on the roster. I know that's crazy going into year three, but he's the second youngest player, just about six weeks younger than uh, – or excuse me, six weeks older than Dorian Williams to be, to be the youngest player on the roster. 
Um, but Trey White, obviously a big question mark in what, what he's going to be able to, to give this team next season. And you know, it's just it's a situation where you'd love to have as much depth as possible in, in that secondary. And, you know, the guy, Cam Lewis, is such a great name to invoke. And I've talked about him a ton on Locked On Bills recently as a player that, whether you like it or not, we should probably realistically be thinking about him being one of the candidates to start to compete for a yep. starting job at safety. And I, I feel like there's a lot of resistance that those comments are met with from fans. I certainly feel that in my uh, – <laughs> My mentions on Twitter and in my my YouTube comments, but um, you know this is a player that's been around. I mean, he's been on the team for four years, and he's a guy that reminds me in some ways of Quentin Michael uh, back with the Philadelphia Eagles, who didn't start a game for like his first four seasons uh, in the NFL, and then Sean McDermott comes at becomes at DC in 2009, and the next thing you know, Quentin McKell is like a Pro Bowl uh, safety for a bunch of years. They, there's such a good resume of, of Sean McDermott and developing safeties, whether it is Quentin McKell or Mike Mitchell. Uh, or Micah Hyden, Jordan Poyer, and what he was able to get out of those guys. And so, like, no matter who stepped in at safety along the way for Sean McDermott throughout his career, there's been production. And so I recognize the need at safety, but I don't necessarily look at safety as a position where there's a premium investment necessary to fix that, whether that's a first-round pick or a high-dollar player from outside the organization. I think you could probably look at bringing guys back, like you mentioned there in, in a Cam Lewis yeah, Taylor Rapp as well, and have a couple of potential sub $2 million a year players that can give you that answer. And then, of course, if Jordan Boyer's uh, retained this coming season, you feel like you have some stability there. So definitely some needs there, but it doesn't feel overly daunting for me to fill them in the secondary. Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills and the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast on the Western Hotline with us here on WGR. So let's let's get to the draft here. You you mentioned Edge there, and rightly so, because I I made the point about Daquan Jones, but they, they you know, and that would fill a need at tackle if they could retain him. Um, I feel like AJ Epinesa may price himself out of Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, we'll see about that. I feel like Sal and I talked about him already in the first hour of our show today. You know, young player, ascending player. I think you could definitely be drawn to his skill set. But how about edge players in the draft? I feel like most of our draft a- analysis we've 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 done on the show has been, if it's not all about receivers, it's been at defensive tackle. Um, how about edge at twenty eight? I mean, sur- surely it's a need. Um, given what you just ran down there, what what they've got under contract here and Von Miller's injury history on top of that. Um, how, how about edge in this draft, Joe? Yeah, I think there's some some candidates if the Bills were to target one towards the end of the first round. I think some of the premier names like Dallas Turner out of Alabama or Jared Verse from Florida State, I don't know that they would be real candidates to be in play. Um, but I think when you start talking about a guy like Leitu Latu out of UCLA, I think his – upside is really really exciting the, the concern there is he was medically retired at one point uh, but has come back and had two very good seasons for UCLA and I think his play style really reminds me a lot of like Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan just relentless football player with seemingly unending pass rush moves and so if they were comfortable with the medicals I'd love late to uh, late in the first round chop Robinson out of Penn State if they wanted to go with an explosive type player I think that's probably the appropriate range for a guy like that. Um, you think about uh, the, the Adisa Isaac out of Penn State. He's a player that seemed to be getting some momentum here. So there, there's definitely going to be some candidates there. Darius Robinson's a name I can see the Bills liking. Uh, they've they've kind of gravitated towards those compression-style ends in the past. 
guy with inside-outside versatility. He's been a hot name uh, since having a good senior year at Missouri and then a really good senior bowl as well. You know, I think those are kind of the names. If you're thinking defensive end, those are the, the names that pop to me as the, the likely contenders. I'll let Bulldog open up and, uh, and, and ask you about wide receivers and have that pleasure because we can talk all day about them, I'm sure. But let me stay with safety real quick. If they do decide to replenish that position in the draft, what would be the more prudent way to go? Higher, wait around, what's that class look like? Yeah, I would not be advocating for a safety in the first round. Um, but I think as you get into day two and maybe even early day three, there's going to be some players Tyler Newbin from Minnesota, Cam Kitchens from Miami, who obviously uh, Bill's new cornerback coach, Jamila Dye, has had a front row seat to him, in addition to Javon Bullard, uh, who was part of that secondary at Georgia where uh, Jamila Dye was part of that coaching staff. I think that's a rock-solid day-two pick. Uh, Cole Bishop out of Utah. I think those are kind of the names that Kalen Bullock, even at USC. I think there's four or five guys that, to me, look like starters. And so if the Bills wanted to use – an earlier pick on one, I think they'll be satisfied with their options that exist and, you know, obviously some good intel there from uh, one of the newest coaches that they brought on staff. I wonder if maybe safety is, isn't in danger of becoming the running back of the defense as far as, like, the draft goes and prioritizing, um, you know, draft value, hot, you know, top assets for second-round picks. Um I I, I, want, I feel like linebacker maybe was was in the same boat, um, but then we had a first rounder last year in Campbell um, go go to Detroit. I I wonder about that. Like, is that is that? Do you think that's become a thing in the NFL, Joe? To an extent, I think I still think you're seeing some of the premier young names still still finding some real money out there. Like guys, Antoine Winfield's going to get 18 plus a season, I would think, right, uh, right now in free agency, and he saw a Buddha Baker was able to to get recently. So I think there's some money out there for the impact guys, but I feel like safety every year, whether it's in the draft and, and finding mid round guys like Brian cook with the chiefs is a great example of a mid round pick that winds up being a, a, a quality starter for a team. But every year it feels like as we get close to camp, there's like this list of five, six veterans that have been traditionally good starters in the NFL. That's just looking for an opportunity. I mean, even Taylor Rapp after four years of basically starting for the Rams, you know, one year, 1.7 million was what, was of what he took to come to Buffalo. I feel like there's just so many value plays at safeties where yeah. it's not that it's not an important position on the field. It's just that it's not hard to find the, the, the players to go out and execute, especially if you're seeing more and more of these quarters coverages, too high safety shells. It's just, hey, play it deep half and keep it in front of you. You know, it's so like, are you really going to invest that much in it? I think that's where the disconnect is. I, I think it's important, but I don't think you have to invest a lot to get an answer. Almost all of the analysis that I've seen so far on the receiver class has the the top three guys, no question, first-round guys, maybe even all three of them top ten guys. You can tell us if you agree with that, and how many more do you think end up being first-round picks after those three? Yeah, so the top three neighbors, well, Harrison, excuse me. Harrison, to me, is clearly the first receiver. Uh, oh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Malik Neighbors out of LSU, Roma Dunze, are, to me, are top three. But I, I honestly look at all three of them, and, and I think that um, they're kind of in their own tiers. Like, I think mm -hmm. Harrison's not the best player in the draft. It's not particularly close to me. And then I think there's a, a drop-off to Neighbors, who I love, and then a Dunze. He's interesting because I think he's just such a crafty player. He's, he reminds me a lot of Keenan Allen, where you watch him, you're not sure if he's really moving that fast, 
but he just get, kind of gets this late separation. Everything looks easy and natural for him. He's just a really smooth, smooth football player. So I think those those three are probably going to go in the top ten. I I, I, mm-hmm. I would guess they all do. And then it's like, all right, now you open up the, the to the field, and that's where it gets interesting. And I think there's a bunch of guys, whether it's Brian Thomas uh, Jr. out of LSU, Troy Franklin from Oregon. There's some love for Adonai Mitchell out of Texas. Lad McConkie from Georgia. Keon Coleman's a name that I'm not overly high on, but you see him as kind of in this next tier. And it's mm-hmm. just there's just a bunch of names. And then even further down, you feel like there's guys that are going to go on day two and there's going to be some impact there. And so I think the Bills are going to be in a good spot to add a receiver. I think they need to figure out what type they're looking for. To me, I would, I would be looking for a space creator, whether that's a, a player that can create space as a route runner, a guy that can create space for themselves with the ball in their hands, or a guy that has that vertical ability uh, to stretch the field and create space for everyone underneath, right? The Bills have this this host of very good underneath separators and Diggs and Shakir and Kincaid. You feel like if you get a true field stretcher, that's going to open up even more for those guys. And so that's the type of skill set that I feel like they should be targeting. And um, I, I feel like they're going to have some options here, uh, whether that's at 28 or if they – if they do want to wait until that second round pick, I still think there's going to be some options available. How, how much, Sal, I'm sorry to be like dominating this, but I, I, I'm i wondering, how, would you make a case that they should draft two receivers, maybe even two receivers in the, the top four rounds? I don't know if I would say the top four rounds, but if, if, if Brandon Bean's going to use 10 picks, okay, so there's my first qualifier. If he's going to pick 10 players or even, even eight, you know, as, as low as eight, I, I think there's a case to be made for two of them to be wide receivers. I think part of that's going to depend on the decision with Deontay Hardy and, and that contract, and if the Bills are going to uh, take some of the flexibility that exists there to either you know approach him about a pay cut or just release him. Yeah, I think you have to examine that situation. I, I think we're mostly expecting Gabe Davis to to play play somewhere else. So um, those decisions obviously play into it, but I think a double dip at wide receiver and and. I mean, really, a triple dip maybe on the defensive line uh, could be a good way for Brandon Bean to utilize these 10 draft picks. All right. What did we forget? Anything we forgot here? Where do we find all your stuff, Joe? <laughs> well, can, I, can I just jump in and oh. ask you a question real quick and, and say something real quick? I'm sorry. Please go so ahead. Joe, uh, yeah, so um, you, you mentioned, like, the style. I think we know what style they want based on Brandon Bean's comments, right? End of season press conference, he said, we need to create more explosive plays. That's what he said. And so I'm looking at it from that prism, which is, okay, they're not going to get the big, long catch radius guy. They're going to get a guy, who, an explosive guy. And I said to Bulldog earlier, little clue, they signed K.J. Hamler right after the season was over to a futures contract. They're trying to see if there's something left there that they can work with. I think that's the kind of player they're going to look for. So who can we eliminate then? Like, like if you're looking at the top yeah. of the your top ten guys, say, you know what, that that's a really nice player but wouldn't fit that bill for what the Bills are looking for. Yeah, I think Keon Coleman, like when you started talking there, Sal, the sirens went. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Keon Coleman is just not that. Right? He's a big-bodied, physical, possession receiver. Like, if you want a guy to go win jump balls, I don't know. Sally's not that good at it. He's, he's only 36% converted contested catch rate. So, I, don't, I just don't see it with him. I think he's... He's very much this Laquan Treadwell, Nikhil Harry type receiver that I just right. fail all the time. Um, and so he's he's just not for me. Mm-hmm. He's not the style of receiver that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I look, even looking at Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft that he just put out yesterday, Keon Coleman not in the first round. I think I think as as the, the advanced metrics that people are getting in the tape with Keon Coleman, you, you, you stop falling in love with, you know, highlight reel contested catches on – Saturdays watching Florida State, you watch the full body of work, you realize that there's some limitations here that don't really mesh up with what I think the Bills need at receiver. Yeah, his highlight reel sucked me in hard. And then once I started reading and hearing this analysis mm-hmm. of him, I'm like, okay, I, I want to, I, I, please, I want to distance myself from him being my guy because it does not sound like a fit. Like, I, I need a guy that can get on the field right away and help. And I feel like he might have a really high ceiling eventually, but there's it just doesn't seem well-rounded from what everyone is saying. Well, and I think you've seen Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott go on their own journey with receivers. Like, go back to Carolina. It's Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin. And then they get to Carolina or to Buffalo, and it's you know, they eventually get Kelvin Benjamin, and it's Andre Holmes, and it's these mm-hmm. towering receivers. And then the next thing you know, it's John Brown and Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders and Stephon Diggs, right? I think they learned that. You need guys that can, this is their words, get open and catch the football. Well, getting open, you know, you can't have restrictions as a route runner. You can't have build-up speed. You have right. to be able to stop and start and get in and out of breaks cleanly and be able to change directions and all of that stuff. And that's Josh Allen, that's the type of receivers that he meshes with, right? I think Josh is a good anticipatory thrower, but I think he's more of a visual player. And having guys that can create that space and not relying on, you know, consistently winning leverage battles at the catch point and vertically separating, like above the rim separating. I just don't feel like that meshes well with Josh Allen, and I think the Bills have learned that. All right, Locked On Bills, Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Where do we find – just where where you find your podcast? Is that is that where we go with the catch-all, Joe? You got it. Wherever you listen to them, <laughs> that's where you can find them. All right, Joe, thanks a lot for this excellent analysis. We appreciate you making the time for us, and uh, look forward to hearing more from you as we get closer to the draft. All right, my pleasure, guys. Thank you. That is Joe Marino, again, host of Lockdown Bills and one of the hosts of the Lockdown NFL Scouting podcast. Um, excellent job. We'll take a time out here and 
kind of pour over some of what Joe had to say. I feel like maybe I have been, I don't know, overlooking edge rusher as an idea. They certainly positionally have a need. There's there's not there's not much there on the roster. So we'll get into that and more. You want to chime in, anything you heard from Joe or want to bring up with me and Sal, we welcome your calls at 803-0550. Sal in for Mike. I am the Bulldog. Thanks for listening to WGR. Do you want to stay in Chicago or what's up? Yeah, of course. Of course I want to stay. I can't see myself playing in another place, but if it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago. I love the city. The city's lit. The the fans are, you know, they're great. Mm-hmm. And the people. It's a business. I ain't got no control over it. So whatever right. happens, happens. But I feel like the biggest thing with all this going on right now, I just want it to be over. Just let me know if I'm getting traded. Let me know if I'm staying. It's an act. That is, for now, Bears quarterback Justin Fields talking on a podcast with, I know, uh, was it Amon Ra St. Brown and his brother? Or I, I know it was yeah, Amon Ra St. Brown, but yeah, I think it was his brother. I mean, like, I would think so, yeah. I think his brother and him do one, but I'm not positive there. But I do okay. think they do something. Okay. Um, so Fields is a pretty uh, – that's mm-hmm. – of course – the thing to say there is, sure, I want to stay there, uh, because saying the other thing would be would be really bad, uh, because you know he doesn't know if he's going to end up staying, and if and if he if he does stay and says I can't wait to get out of here, that could be really bad. So you know I I totally get that. What do you think they will do, and does it line up with what you think they should do, Sal? The Bears. I think they should look to trade him and draft Caleb Williams first overall. I think they are going to try to trade him and draft Caleb Williams <laughs> first overall. So, yes, I do think that is the case. Um, by the way, we have one of these, seems like it's yearly, uh, unfollowing yes. on social media s- scandals going on. Or, you know what? You know this, right? That's why I, 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 I'm pretty sure I saw a clip. Uh, uh-huh. Fields talking about this, and that's why I mentioned the the the, the St. Brown brothers because I'm pretty sure that's that's the podcast that I saw that attributed to because they asked him about that. And did you did you see what he said about that? I did not hear the answer. That wasn't that that answer, right? That we just played. No, something no, else, different, okay. something different. He said okay. basically, I'm I'm going on vacation, and I just don't want football news. So I'm I'm trying to unplug and get away from everything, okay. and so right. it wasn't anything you know to do with, like I'm sour on them or anything like that. It's just simply <laughs> I'm 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 gonna unplug. Uh, I mean, whatever. I guess he's admitting he still would look at his phone while he's unplugging, but like doesn't want to be inundated with speculation about where he's going to be playing next year or in the future, and just go relax. So unfollow the Bears. I just don't want football content. That's what he said. How you know however plausible that is. All right, so a couple other things about this. Number one, apparently recently in the betting markets, the Atlanta Falcons have become a huge favorite to land Justin Fields. Like that is now something that's actually gone into a like minus territory, minus mm. one thirty. Okay, is what I read like like a you, so so that's a pretty heavy favorite there to do that. Um, so it looks like there's for whatever reason, you know, you trust the betting markets or not, you know, people get information, whatever that's happened. And I do think that um, Ryan Poles will look to move Justin Fields. It just makes the most sense. Why? Why would they? I, I like what he did last year to come on and kind of you know after the after a really rough start and everything he went through and kind of calling out the coaches. It seemed like. To kind of bounce back, he had some really nice games down the stretch, and I think he could still, you know, play in this league. But I don't think he'll ever be a true, true franchise quarterback. And I think the Bill, the Bears, excuse me, have probably 
figured that out and know, look, I mean, if we're not certain, we can't pay him. And if we're not going to pay him, we got to move on and get another guy who we can give on a rookie contract who might be better than him anyway. Well, why would you not do that? The the question really would be the compensation for the Bears on what they get for Justin Fields. They're going to look for a first-round pick. They're going to look for a high first-round pick. Is that what the Falcons are willing to give up? I mean, if so, you take it and run yeah. right now if you're the Chicago Bears to me. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if he's done enough to garner that. Uh, you know, there's right. there's not – what might be in their favor is that, you know, we had a couple of years of Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson speculation, and then ultimately they did move Wilson from Seattle to Denver and went up in flames. Rodgers from Green Bay to the Jets, and, I mean, whatever, he tore his Achilles four plays in, so we don't know how well that would have worked, but we know it was a disaster. Anyway, he didn't play uh, hardly at all for the Jets. There aren't that many – like, if you're looking for a veteran, if that's the route you want to go, Fields might be – the the guy. I mean, sure, you could take a flyer on Russell Wilson at this point, but what do you what do you think you're buying there if you were to do that? Like, there's mm-hmm. not there's not there's not a there's not another a big name that I think is potentially going to be on the move, and maybe that could drive the Bears' price up. Yeah, that's probably right. I think it really comes down to, and you're probably going to get a real real. Um, you know, very big variance on here from each team, obviously. But even more so in the case of Fields, I feel like that most guys, you might just really come down to what you feel about the player. Because there may be. there. I would not, I wouldn't even laugh at if a team felt, no, no, we really like him. We think he can still be good in this league. We don't think he's had great coaching. We don't think he's been around the right system. Like, we, we've seen enough traits where we, are, we like this kid. I, I would not laugh at a team thinking that. As opposed to a team thinking that about Zach Wilson, who right. probably is, or you know what right. I mean? Like, right. yes. I, I don't think it's it's absurd. I, you know, you know, you only need one or two teams to feel that way to you know give you what you want a little bit. I don't think that about Justin Fields. I like what he's done, like I've said, but you might get a team that thinks a little bit more highly of him than you know the, the everybody else. Right, and yeah, you need you need a couple. Maybe I don't know. Are you buying what Pittsburgh? What came out of Pittsburgh late over the weekend about how there's internal disagreement about whether Rudolph or Pickett should be their starter? Because to me, I thought they wanted that out there. To me, it would be hilarious if they were arguing about which one of those mediocrities to prop up and play quarterback. To me, they're a trade candidate. Maybe, you know, and, and Fields has been mentioned there too. And maybe that's where the price going up comes in if the Steelers and the Falcons and maybe a third team are talking to the Bears they maybe get to a a first round pick probably not a high first round pick but you know somewhere in the 20s maybe or something are you trying to um, get some inside info on my yearly quarterback carousel guesses here? Is that what you're trying to do? I want to, yeah, to I guess can... I guess a little bit. I did have did I, <laughs> did I did I text you about QB carousel? I'm not sure if I did or no. not this afternoon, but it was on my mind because Mike and I talked about it last week uh-huh. one day, and we're not sure there's enough teams that we can really make it work. Like I I okay. I, I even I think I got to ten. And that included the Titans and the Giants, who, you know, aren't locked in necessarily to guys. You could certainly make an argument that they should do something else. But, I mean, everybody else either has a new guy that they just drafted, like the Colts and the Texans, um, or, you know, especially in the AFC, they've got a guy like, you know, Allen or Mahomes or Herbert or Lamar Jackson. There's just not that many teams to make it that interesting. I think I, I, think I got to 10. 
Um, and I don't know if that's, you know, worth having four people draft. You know, I just feel like we, we're going to end up really reaching. Yeah, I hear that. And going back to the Steelers are very interesting because the reason why I say that, are you trying to pick my brain on quarterback yeah. carousel? The other name I'd throw in the mix there for the Steelers is Ryan Tannehill. Arthur Smith is their new offensive coordinator. Ryan Tannehill is pretty decent under Arthur Smith when he was with him in Tennessee. And I obviously Ryan Tannehill is no longer the starter in Tennessee. That is Will Levis. Um, so, yes, do I believe there's internal strife to decide who the starter is? I do. But I don't think it's just between Rudolph and Mesa and, and Pickett. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I don't think there, there might be. I wouldn't doubt there's somebody in the organization who likes Rudolph and what he did last year. They did keep Pickett on the bench. I have a hard time believing that you go into a fresh new season that Mike Tomlin, who's still back and that organization is just going to say we're we're putting Pickett back on the bench for Rudolph. I, I think it's Pickett over Rudolph. That's how it winds up. The question to me is do they go somewhere over the top of Pickett and they go out and get a Justin Fields, which feels like something they maybe should do, but it's not in their DNA to do something like that, and they're not going to give up the draft picks to do that. It's just it's the Steelers. They draft running backs in the first round still, right? I mean, that's what they do. <laughs> right. And you know, and and then and on top of that, um, you know, Ryan Tannehill though, I think I do think that would be a conversation that they're going to have. Real quick, Steelers, Raiders, Broncos, Patriots in the AFC. There's four for sure. You get to five if you count Tennessee, but I would expect they go with Levis and just see what that is. New coach and, and see. see. So I, I wouldn't predict a new guy there, but I guess you could squeeze them in. There's four. All right. In the mm-hmm. NFC, Washington, Atlanta, the Bears, the Vikings, I don't know. Are the Saints in this at all? I mean, they've they're, they're tied up in money with Derek Carr. I, I I mean, I think he's terrible. They should do something else, but I don't know that they will. I'm straining to get to ten teams, Sal. We're we're thinking the Giants are fully on board with Daniel I, Jones again, right? I mean, you you could. They're sort of like Tennessee to me. Yeah, uh, they've got more info on Jones. He's been around longer than Will Levis. Um, mm-hmm. There's a contract, so. I, I I think probably it's Jones, but you could make an argument. But again, I, I feel like you're you're straining. I'm straining to get to ten teams. Mm-hmm. No, nope. are you saying that you don't think that Will Levis is a lock to start in Tennessee? No, I, I'm saying I think he is, but you could okay. you could put them on the list. But again, right. it's like you're 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 trying really hard. What, I, what I'm really yeah, getting yeah, yeah. to here, Sells, sure. I don't know that we can have a QB carousel draft. I'm Agreed. sorry. Agreed. <laughs> maybe we can have a certain. Maybe, but hey, leave it to Mike. We'll we'll put this on Mike. The burden's on him to figure out a new game, right. not QB carousel like we traditionally do, but something else. Right. All right. Good. I'll text him, even though he's on vacation. <laughs> Let him know we're giving him homework. Good. He'll love to hear that. All right. Let's. Uh, by, by the way, real quick in the NFC, Seattle, they just um, said that they're going to keep you know Geno mm-hmm. Smith around. Does that mean he's unquestionably the starter i think so yeah they're they're letting him get to his guaranteed you know whatever yeah. whatever roster bonus or whatever that is it's that's coming be. up it's gotta be they're gonna get to that so i yeah i guess i'd be surprised i guess i mean they could they move off of him after doing that i suppose but it doesn't seem like a real smart idea no. in my opinion um so all right good 803-0550 is the number you want to get on board with us we'd love to hear from you give us an opportunity to get connected with our fans which is brought to you by northtown kia west new york's number one kia dealer shop online at northtownkia.com we ended up 
getting swallowed whole by quarterback conversation. We still have what we were talking about with Joe Marino in the in the four o'clock segment about the draft and defensive end uh, and edge to get to as we move on here. The Sabres play tonight. Pre-game will roll at six with Paul Hamilton. But for now, it's Sal Capaccio in for Mike. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Time going to be tight here because I don't know how clocks work, apparently, after more than 25 years in this business. Sal Capaccio in for Mike Shope today. I'm the Bulldog. Mike Shope is on vacation. So we'll, we'll, we'll sort of table the Bills draft conversation, edge rusher, receiver for the top of the hour, Sal. Have you, did you see uh, Tyreek Hill today pushing back on, I, I guess it's Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL exec, is at ESPN now, and he's just sort of, I don't know, he's working some sort of trade simulator or something, so I don't know if he's just like throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks or what, but um, one, in addition to seeing the Broncos trading for Zach Wilson and giving up Jerry Judy, uh, I, I also saw he, he cooked up a, a Jalen Waddle trade idea, and Tyreek Hill took it seriously enough to go to social media and push back against it, how good he is, how talented he is he's better than me at, at at I was at his age now and all this stuff and in my head I'm I'm taking all of this in and I'm going dude the only reason anyone would consider having Miami trade Jalen Waddle is because they've got you on their team and they're paying you 30 million dollars for a couple of more years and teams probably can't afford to have two receivers making you know upwards of 20 25 million dollars whatever Waddle's market will be like he probably deserves number one type money somewhere I think and I don't think he'll get it in Miami that's right. In fact, you know, it's interesting. I was looking over Greg Rousseau. The Bills have a decision to make on Greg Rousseau and his fifth-year option by the early early May. His fifth-year option would come up in 2025 at $13 million a year. First of all, let me ask you. You'd think they do that, right? I would think. Yes. Okay. I, I, think, they'll, like, I think they'll do that. It's not a, oh, my God, let me run the card up to the table, yes, but it's right. a yes. I, I agree with you on that. That said, 
Um, Tyreek Hill, I'm sorry, Jalen Waddle is in that. And I think Jalen Waddle is like, uh, he's got to be closer. He's going to be like 15 to 17 million or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, they're going to have to do that, right? So that those are discussions happening because in the meantime, they are going to have to th- think about, you know, paying Tua what he's going to make. They're, they're not in a great cap situation to think about that. And of course, as you mentioned, Tyreek Hill has a pretty big number. So I don't think it's ludicrous to talk about things like that as Tyreek Hill does. No. I now, think- I just went to Tyreek Hill's Twitter page. And he's obviously defending Waddle and saying summon this fan base who want him traded. But Tyreek Hill has to remember, like, there are financial dis- – it's not about yeah. how talented the player are. You do it now because you can get a lot for him. I think if you if you don't trade Jalen Waddle, then you're going to sign him and try to trade Tyreek Hill, <laughs> I think, is what, That's you, what, a you, great point. what you probably do. So he's, he's sort of digging his own grave to an extent with the Dolphins, I think. If, he, if he's campaigning for – I mean, I know they're teammates and he wants them there, of course. You always want to have you know, great players. I don't know how close they are, but he's a, he's a very talented player. But, again, you're going to have $50 million tied up in your starting wide nice. receivers. I just don't think that's realistic at all. No, I, I agree with you. And by the way, I just looked it up. So Jalen Waddle would be on the second tier of um, fifth-year options, the way they do it now, $15 million, which is very palatable. Like you, sure. for, for the player, the, the, he would get more than that on the open market. But you're right. The question is, can the Dolphins afford to continue to pay that on top of Tyreek and what they're going to have to give to Tua and how all of the money will be distributed for their team? Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know. I get you'd want to have – we talk here about wanting a new receiver to sort of ease into being the number one when Diggs ages out or you know just the production drops or whatever it is. You say the same thing about Miami. So maybe for they've got a little bit of time here with the fifth-year option. They can buy some time and structure things so that they can afford to have both of them. But to me, if they sign Waddle, Hill's the, Hill's the first guy gone, um, I, I think, eventually, because you're not going to get – in a trade for him, what they paid for him at this point, you know, three more years, assuming he's there this year, three years more into his career. Like, I don't know what the marketplace for a receiver, uh, you know, at that age with that price tag is going to be. No, that's right. And we're talking about this as we talk about the backdrop of Gabe Davis and what he's going to make, right? These receiver salaries have, you know, really, you know, ballooned obviously over the last several years. Whereas I'm looking at these fifth year options, Bulldog and, I brought this up to Jeremy yesterday. Like, it's amazing to think about the difference. And you bring it up, like, running back and where that mm-hmm. the state of it is right now. Okay, so Travis Etienne was taken at the 25th pick in 2020. His fifth-year option is due. Now, you're talking about around the board. The, the lowest is, like, $12 million for J.C. Horn. Most guys are 13 15 17 $20 million for Parsons, $20 million for Jamar Chase. Do you know what it would cost Travis Etienne, the Jaguars, to keep him from the fifth year option? I'm going to guess seven million dollars. Six, less than six. <laughs> okay. right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Because it's you know it's the factored in the position and where the salaries are. That is so amazing to me. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I I, I will I would assume that they will do that. But oh yeah, I you know after that you know you get to second contract and I mean I don't That's know right. how, how, how much of an appetite they'll have to do that. Uh, we'll see. I guess as an AFC competitor, I'll root for them to invest uh, a big contract, in, a second contract in a running back because that probably ends up being something they'd regret. And I'm all for that for any team that's potentially in the Bills' hair. Um, all right, let's take a timeout and we'll sort of reset and reload here. Receiver, <clears throat> edge, the draft, free agency, prioritizing uh, the Bills' own guys, how to go shopping. Get into all of that as we continue 
excuse me, into the 5 o'clock hour. Sal Capaccio's in for Mike Shope. I'm the Bulldog. Thanks for listening to WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.